You're listening to the Greek's Gridiron, live with Ethan Haristadoulou. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to more of the Greeks Gridiron. I'm Ethan Hersadulu, and we are doing our picks for week number 17 of the NFL, going through all 16 games on this week's slate, breaking them down, picking my winners, giving some score predictions, and even giving you guys some thoughts on some of the betting odds. And remember, not professional gambling advice or anything like that, just my opinions and some of the things that I think are reasonable when I look at them. So without further ado, we'll dive right in. Starting with game number one, we have ourselves the Dallas Cowboys taking on the Tennessee Titans in Tennessee in a game where the Tennessee Titans are in a bit of a rough patch with a bunch of players injured. Joshua Dobbs is going to be the starting quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. On top of that, we have ourselves Jeffrey Simmons, who is listed as out. Derek Henry and Danico Autry, along with Christian Fulton, are also listed as doubtful. There are a ton of people on Tennessee that are hurting right now and Dallas comes in as a you know a relatively healthy team dealing with a few injuries in the secondary but a team that I would say probably comes into this game a lot a lot healthier than the Tennessee Titans do the Titans are also on the cusp right now of completely missing the playoffs they were leading the AFC South for quite some time but the Jacksonville Jaguars have usurped them and take them over and at this point now uh, the AFC South is pretty much the Titans to lose having lost to the Jaguars excuse me, the uh, Texans last week putting themselves back into second place with a game against the Jaguars coming up. You need to win this game here, and it just does not seem like the Titans are in the spot to do so. I really like the Cowboys going into this game. When you look at just, just on points scored per game alone, the Dallas Cowboys are the third best team in scoring, averaging just under 29 points a game, where the Titans are at 27th, just under 18 points a game. These two teams are in very different spots right now. One team is hot heading into the playoffs. The other one is finding their way out, and I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys for the victory in this game here, and I have them winning at a score of 28-14. to This is one of those games where the spread on this one is minus 13, and while that does seem like a lot, when you think of everything considered in terms of injuries on both sides of the football for Tennessee, Dallas running away with this game does not seem like it's too out of the realm of possibility and one that I could definitely see happening. Next, we're going to look at the Arizona Cardinals taking on the Atlanta Falcons, this one being in Atlanta between two teams that the more I look at this game, the more I just sit there and say, I can't really pick a confident winner in this game. You have two teams that are kind of down on their luck and in a bad spot in their own way. And quite honestly, if anyone could sit down and say, yeah, Arizona Cardinals definitely coming away with the win here or vice versa for the Falcons, either or, I would probably have to call you a liar because again, the Cardinals, a team that's 4-11, season has not gone their way, not nearly the way that people thought it might considering just the, the all-in kind of feel that it felt like the Cardinals had coming into this season, bringing in Hollywood Brown and, you know, you pairing him with DeAndre Hopkins, the whole ordeal at the draft with him being traded, you know, with nobody really knowing what was going on and a defense that, you know, a lot of people were looking at as this could be a solid unit. J.J. Watt's back. He's healthy. And now, you know, 4-11, and J.J. Watt's retiring. And you're sitting at the bottom of your division, just not in a great way. And then the Falcons in their own right, a team that, you know, traded away Matt Ryan this offseason. You went and drafted Desmond Ritter as the guy of the future. You had Marcus Mariota leading the way for quite some time. And your running game was fantastic. Cordell Patterson's still looking really good as he has been the last few years in Atlanta. But ultimately, the team is just 
it's it's looking at five and ten. It's now eliminated from the playoffs, and there's just not a ton of positives to really look at when you when you look at either of these teams, quite frankly. And for me, both teams they're they're ice cold. Falcons are on a four-game losing streak. Cardinals are on a five-game losing streak. Who do you pick in this game and honestly say you think is going to win and say that with complete confidence? Probably no one. But I did ultimately settle the more I looked at stuff, the more I feel like for everything that's been going wrong over there in both Arizona and Atlanta, I think a little less has gone wrong in Atlanta's way. So I'm going to go ahead and go with the Falcons for the victory here. I'm going to take them 24 to 20. I think this is a being a home favorite definitely helps here in Atlanta. So, you know, that gives you a slight little bit of edge, you know, whether you believe in the home field advantage or not. I definitely think it is nice to have the crowd behind you. And at this point in the season, it feels like teams are kind of playing for a draft pick at this point. And right now, the Cardinals are in a prime spot to get a solid pick. And for them to try to come out and win this game at this point does not really make sense, all things considered. And, I, and is it Trace McSorley who's going to be the QB1 for them this week? I don't really know what their quarterback situation is looking like right now. I know Colt McCoy was also hurt and he didn't play last week. So whatever, whoever they're trotting out in Arizona, not really sure. I, I, I really I feel a little bit safer with the Falcons. So give me the Falcons, if I didn't say that already, 24-20. Next game we're going to look at here, we have ourselves now a matchup between the Chicago Bears and the Detroit Lions. So in this one here, the first time these two teams met, Lions squeaked away a victory 31-30 in a tighter contest, and I honestly feel like this is a game that probably ends up being another tight one as well. While the Detroit Lions have had a pretty strong run up until last week, they are they're not a great defense. They aren't. That's just kind of the, that's just kind of how it is. I know that they had a little bit of a good stretch. Again, I get it, but at the same time, not the greatest defense and the last time these two teams met, they made the Chicago Bears look a lot better than I say they are. Now, both teams sit in the bottom of the league, literally the last two teams in points per game allowed with 26 for the Chicago Bears, then a little over 20, just under 27, excuse me, for the Detroit Lions. This is really just going to come down to who can take advantage of the other team's like defensive deficiencies best. The Detroit Lions, they love throwing the football. They can run the ball as well, but they love throwing the football, and they're a pretty effective unit, the eighth best passing attack in the league. And then you have the Chicago Bears, who get it done the complete opposite way. They are a run-first team, a team that gets it done on the ground. Justin Fields has been an absolute star for them this year. I'll, you know, Under the circumstance that you don't really have a ton going on around you in terms of playmaking, he has been the playmaking of the Chicago Bears. They have the first best rushing attack in the league. So this is kind of a toss-up for me. The last time, like I said, they played. Bears kept it really close. They lost by one. Could you see a potential upset here? Yes, but the Bears don't really have a ton to play for other than playing for spoiler, whereas the Lions right now still hanging on to hopes for a playoff spot. The game being in Detroit as well makes me feel a little bit better about it, and the Bears are also 1-6 in in away games, so I'm going to go inside with the Lions on this one here. I think maybe the game's not quite as high-scoring of an affair, and I think the Lions get a victory 28-24 to and continue on with their hunt to find themselves in the playoffs. Now we are focusing on the Denver Broncos and the Kansas City Chiefs. And my oh my, has it been a week for the Denver Broncos? Less than a week ago, this past Sunday, or excuse, uh, yes, Sunday, we watched the Denver Broncos get absolutely slaughtered by the LA Rams in a complete just... 
it wasn't even a contest. Russell Wilson had the three interceptions, and it just did not really feel like a single thing really went right for the team. There was fighting on the sideline for the Broncos. It ended with Nathaniel Hackett getting fired. It's been a wild week for Denver, to say the least. And then you have a team that is on the complete opposite end of that spectrum, the Kansas City Chiefs fighting for the number one seed right now in the AFC. You have the Broncos that are 1-7 and seven in away games and coming off of firing their head coach. You have the Kansas City Chiefs that are 6-1 and one at home. And yeah, the first time these two teams played, it was a lot closer of a game than I think people expected, myself included. But... This is a different set of circumstances. You have a down-on-their-luck Denver team that would be better off losing games at this point than winning just to secure some better draft position. I like the Chiefs getting the victory in this game here. I don't really know how prepared this Broncos team can be following the firing of their head coach going into a divisional matchup like this against such a good Kansas City team. I think Chiefs win. I think it might be a little bit ugly on Denver's side again, which is really unfortunate after last week's game, but I got the Chiefs winning 35-10. to 10. This is another one of those games where 12.5 is a massive number on the spread there, but Chiefs are favored at that number, and it almost doesn't really feel unrealistic. I could see the Chiefs winning by two or three touchdowns in this game easily. I understand that you know, the Broncos' defense is good, don't get me wrong, but... If the offense is just, uh, who knows what the offense is going to look like? Who knows what anything is really going to look like going into this game? After watching the collapse last week of Denver, you don't really know what you're going to get. So minus 12 and a half does not seem like too big of a stretch, all things considered. Now, the Dolphins and the Patriots, another divisional matchup. We have a team that is in the playoffs right now and a team that is right on the outside in the number eight spot looking in at that team sitting at the edge of their seat in the Miami Dolphins. Now, this game would be a lot different if Tua was going to be playing. I would probably lean more towards the possibility that the Dolphins end up winning this game. Also, coupled with the fact that this weekend is not going to be terrible weather in New England like you would normally hope for in December in Foxborough against, te- or excuse me, I guess technically January because that's January 1st. Uh, but it's not. It's not the type of weather you'd want as like home field advantage per se for the New England Patriots going up against a Florida team. So you can kind of scrub that from the books. However, Teddy Bridgewater is in for them. And while he has been serviceable at times throughout his career, is he going to be able to make the plays similar to what, you know, Tua has been doing all season long? He's been really effective when he's not dealing with a concussion. And I really hope the absolute best for him. I At this point, regardless of whether the Dolphins make the playoffs or not, I really think Tua just needs to sit the year out and call, you know, call it a season. Take the time, get yourself healthy, and you know, come back next year, whether it's with Miami or somewhere else, whatever ends up happening come season then. Tua needs time to breathe. He needs time. He needs time to heal because I even talk to people now. They were really unsure about him coming back as quick as he did the first time from that concussion. So the fact that you know he took another pretty big blow to the head that people didn't really notice when it happened, but when you watched the replay, you go, oh, okay, you know, I can kind of see how he probably got a concussion from that again. I'm spinning into circles here about something that's you know somewhat irrelevant at this point, but. I just I hope that I wish the best for Tua in that situation. It sucks what's happened, and it's kind of ruined what has kind of built itself into an exciting divisional AFC East game here. But I think that I I still trust in Bill. I still have slight belief in this Patriots team. 
They're about where I expected them to be at this point in the season record-wise. I wasn't really sure how bad the offensive struggles were going to be as we got ourselves into the season. And seeing where they are now, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a grindy game. And there's still a ton of talent over there in Miami to deal with. However, you have a pretty good defense to you know that's kind of holding you up right now and keeping your playoff chances alive. I'm going to say the Patriots squeak out a 23-20 to victory here. It's going to be an uglier one. It's going to be a tighter one. There's probably going to be a defensive touchdown involved on the Patriots' end for them to be able to win this game, or it's going to be like a turnover that puts them at the five-yard line to really help out this offense. But I, I, I trust in Bill. I still do. I'm still a Bill Belichick guy. I still believe in him. I think the Patriots get it done. They snag the spot from the Dolphins, move themselves into the number seven seed, and hope for the best come next week against the Buffalo Bills. Now, this one here, we have the Colts and the Giants in New York. Giants are obviously still in the playoffs. They're minus five and a half favorites here, which I definitely think is doable. Uh, Indianapolis is giving Nick Foles a start again, and it came out that he did not expect to be playing at all this season. Not really sure how that's your ultimate kind of thought process as a backup quarterback in the NFL, but for Nick Foles to have admitted that, that he did not expect to even play, and for him to be playing, and for the Colts to have struggled as much as they did last week, I just don't really have any high hopes for them going into this game here. The Giants need this win. The Colts honestly need the loss, and it's in New York Defense in New York for the Giants, not bad. Not necessarily the greatest, but not bad at all. Uh, On top of that, when it comes to just takeaways, the Colts just feel like they love, it feels like they love giving the ball away. And the Giants, not necessarily a team that turns the ball over a ton. They have a really stout running game on top of that. Colts are going to have a tough time defending them. I'm going to take the Giants 21 to 9. I think it's another ugly offensive game for the Colts. I really wish I wasn't saying that, but that's just kind of the feeling that I have going into this game here. Next up, we're taking a look at the Saints and the Eagles. And now for this one here, a lot of my thought process on this game is with the idea that we get to see Jalen Hurts play. Jalen Hurts not playing this game definitely still gives the Eagles a shot regardless because I think there's just so much talent over there and they're probably the most balanced team in the NFL in terms of just having assets all over the field on both the offensive and defensive sides of the ball. But I would feel a lot better about this game should Jalen Hurts be playing and they just maybe limit the amount of times he throws to keep that shoulder in check. But this is a game where you have a team that One, again, turns the ball over a ton in the New Orleans Saints. They're sitting at a minus 12 turnover differential. And then you have a team like the Eagles that typically, aside from last week, do not turn the ball over very much, if at all. They have a plus nine turnover differential, second best in the NFL. This is a team that plays it really safe. They can run the ball really well. They can pass the ball really well, with or without Jalen Hurts. Clearly, we saw it last week. Obviously, we saw some more turnovers, though, when Jalen Hurts wasn't the one playing the quarterback position. But a team that is just so talented, they can compete and put up 34 points in a game and you know go down swinging even if they are taking a loss. The Saints, on the other hand, they still are hanging on to a thread of hope that they could maybe win the NFC South. They would need some things to go their way, but there is a shred of hope. They're still mathematically not eliminated. So 
it's just going to come down to can a Saints def- the Saints defense that's been pretty solid throughout the year. I wouldn't say they were bad. I wouldn't say that they were fantastic, but a pretty solid unit altogether. Can they slow down this Eagles offense if Jalen Hurts is in, or can they force maybe some turnovers like we saw from the Eagles last week and take advantage of that? I don't really know, but the fact that this game is in Philadelphia, you got the crowd behind you, and Philadelphia's uh, Philadelphia is a place where, like, I know some people don't believe in home field advantage as much as others, but for me, playing in Philadelphia is a tough crowd to play in front of, and you've got the entire Philadelphia Eagles flock behind them. I like the Eagles' chances in this game, whether Jalen Hurts is playing or not, but a lot more if Jalen Hurts is playing. I'm going to take the Eagles, give me a 28-20 to victory, and continuing on with their first-place run in the NFC. Now, the Panthers and the Buccaneers, this is one that I've been really excited to talk about here. You have two teams going head-to-head, division rivals, where coming off of a ugly-ish victory on the end of the Buccaneers and then a strong victory for the Panthers and kind of a statement victory at that, momentum on the Panthers' side. The last time these two teams played, the Panthers won 21-3. This one kind of smells like an upset in the Carolina Panthers' favor. And I don't even really know if that's much of an upset. The Buccaneers are minus three favorites, but they're at home, so that makes sense. This feels like a game where I could probably be wrong, and maybe I, I like I feel like I'm gonna be wrong with this game here, but I'm gonna go with the safe bet. It's Tom Brady, it's the Buccaneers. I, I feel like a broken record saying that and being wrong, because I've been wrong a lot this year about the Buccaneers, but At this point in the season where it matters most, we've seen Brady come through here and there. No matter how bad he's played for 50, you know, say 52, 53, 54 minutes in a game, he's been able to figure it out in the fourth quarter a handful of times. This is another one of those games where it feels like that. I have the Buccaneers winning this game 22 to 18. It's going to be, I think, a tighter contest. They got to keep the Carolina Panthers running game in check. But ultimately, I could see a, you know, a somewhat sloppy game on both ends where Tom Brady, when it matters most in the fourth quarter with like four minutes or so remaining, can chew down the clock, lead his team to a victory, score a touchdown, and they walk away with a nice win in Tampa Bay. So give me the Bucs. Not 100% sold on this one here, but it is what I'm going to go with. As for the over-under, it sits at 40 and a half. This one is an interesting one because I feel like it can go either way. Like I'm like my score line finishes at 40. I could see this going you know, in the direction of 41 to 42 points. I could also see it being slightly below, but this is one that kind of feels like more towards the over, I would say. I know I'm sitting currently at the under, but just based off of how the Panthers have played, if they can run up the score a little bit, and if the Bucks even or run up their score, I should say, and if the Bucks could even find 20-some-odd points in this game, I feel like 40 is definitely a number that can be crossed, but there is some good defense that's going to be played in this game, so I'm not really too sure about that one there, but just something to think about. I do think the over is possible here, especially sitting at only 40 and a half. Now, Washington and Cleveland... This was a tough one to pick a winner on because you have the Cleveland Browns in an offense that's kind of been like sputtering around since Deshaun Watson's return. And then you have the Washington Commanders whose offense is kind of in a like a flux position right now because they're bringing in Carson Wentz now. They've bailed on Taylor Heineke. Um, I don't really know how I feel about the Commanders being led by Carson Wentz again. I'm not a big Carson Wentz guy. And watching him a little bit closer last year as somebody who watches the Colts as closely as I do, 
I, I just, it doesn't really interest me too much. I, it, for me, it's more about the commander's defense and just how good it can be now that Chase Young is back in the fold. They're fighting for a playoff spot. They're really motivated. Chase Young looked awesome in his return game, and I expect him to only look better towards this back half of the season and should they make it into the playoffs into that stretch run there. Whereas the Cleveland Browns, defense hasn't been quite as good as you'd want them to be. They're pretty good against the pass, but they let teams kind of bulldoze them on the ground and I think for the commanders to come away with a victory in this game at home, you're going to want to focus in on that ground game, focus in on Brian Robinson and company that you have over there and try to drive the game through them and just limit the turnover-worthy opportunities that Carson Wentz at times can seem to put together on a whim more times than you would like him to. So I'm not 100% sure how this game goes. This is, again, another game that I'm not really confident in my choice, but I'm going to go with the Commanders here. Being at home makes me feel a little bit better about them, and just I really that entire like front seven is super impressive over in Washington, and having Chase Young back is like the final piece of that puzzle. I think it's going to be a dominant group. It's going to be tough for the Browns to hang on in this one. I don't think it's going to be a ton of scoring, but we'll see some points here and there. I have the Commanders winning 19-13. to Now, trap game, and it feels like the Texans are involved in it every single week. The Texans are your perennial trap team, period, end of story. Teams come in to play them, they don't expect much, and then somehow they end up getting the fight of their lifetime. Just ask the Chiefs, ask the Cowboys, not was it the Cowboys? Or yeah, the Cowboys, they played the Cowboys tight, they beat the Titans, and now you have a Jaguars team riding high, you know you have Tennessee coming up. Do not overlook the Texans. They will burn you or they will make you doubt yourself coming out of the game because you'll only beat them by like two in a game where you probably should have beat them by 10. The Texans, for whatever reason, are that team. I talk about it all the time. And and maybe it's because I grew up rooting for the Colts, and that was the reason why. Because I've seen the I've seen the Texans. They're 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 always in it for whatever reason, whether they should be or not. Do not overlook them. Just come into this game, execute your game plan. The Jaguars should come out victors in this game. They're playing for a playoff spot right now. You need to win this game because you want to make sure you're winning out and putting yourself in prime position to clinch up that AFC South spot. Big opportunity here. You get the win. You make the rest of your season, albeit only one week, a lot easier for you. Get the W. Do not overlook the Texans. Get the win. I have the Jaguars winning 24-23 to because the Texans just always seem to find a way to be in it. Don't know how we get to that score, but hoping that the Jaguars find a way to get there with more points on their side of the scoreboard. 49ers and the Raiders. Jarrett Stidham is going to start for the Raiders. I don't really know what to make of that. I don't really know what to expect from this offense. I know it's been very up and down with Derek Carr for a while now, not just this season, but for a while now. It feels like maybe Raider Nation has kind of has moved on and now it seems like the Raiders are as well this 49ers defense has been top-notch arguably the best in the league and you know it, I'm not really sure who's arguing against them me personally I wouldn't I like the 49ers defense 
Offense is playing good, clean, sound football. There's a lot of talent around that football on the offensive side for San Francisco. I would be shocked if the 49ers don't come out winners in this game. I think they win this game fairly handedly as well. They're minus 10 favorites, and this is crazy to me that this is the third time I'm saying this in a week because I feel like something like this doesn't really happen too often where you're getting double-digit spreads for teams that are favored, and it feels realistic because my prediction for this game, I think it's going to be an ugly one for the Raiders. I'm sorry, Raiders fans. I know it's been a tough season, but this San Francisco team is hot. 33-6, give me San Francisco. I wish you the best of luck, Raiders, but this is a game where bringing in Jarrett Stidham to go up against the San Francisco 49ers defense that they're boasting right now feels like you're throwing a a baby to the Wolves. Not sure it's the right move, but that's what they're going with. Good luck to the Raiders. Jets and Seahawks, this is two teams really kind of down on their lock. Both teams Lost four of their last five games. Zach Wilson will be under center again. And the Seahawks have just kind of, they stumbled a bit on offense. I felt like they were such a high-flying team, one that, you know, could drop 30 points on any given Sunday. And they've definitely slowed down from that. Whereas the Jets, since losing Brees Hall, have just been in a really, really tough spot. Now, despite slowing down, the Seahawks offense has been better than what the Jets have been putting on the field. So there is that to go with. But then on the opposite side of things, I would trust in the Jets' defense than I would a lot more than the Seahawks' defense. The Seahawks had a really good stretch. Young guys are really producing some big things. I'm still very high on Tariq Woolen. I love that guy. I think he is like a he is like prototype size, speed, strength for a corner. And if he continues to grow in the direction he is, that dude is going to be a problem. But altogether, looking at this game, it's in Seattle. While I do feel like there's a chance that the Jets could come away with a victory here, especially being four and three at home, whereas the Seahawks not really having much home field advantage. They're three and four. And this is a place that, you know, people call the 12s, one of the loudest stadiums in the NFL. I'm not quite sure I can just, I, I don't feel like the Jets offense is behind Zach Wilson. I don't know if I can get behind Zach Wilson leading this team to a victory. It feels like the Jets are crashing and burning no pun intended, a really bad joke, but I think I'm going to go with the Seahawks in this one here. Not a higher scoring affair. The over-under for this one's at 42.5. I have the Seahawks winning 23-13, to 13, so that makes my scoreline 36. I could see this game being a lower scoring affair just because, again, one, Jets defense is really good, but also the Jets offense is not good. Seahawks defense has been, depending on when in the season, solid to pretty bad. So it could be a little bit closer to that 42.5, but I definitely think 42.5 for an under bet is pretty solid. The Vikings and the Packers. This is a game to NFC. I feel like I keep saying this is a game. Someone count that. Uh, Vikings and Cowboys, or excuse me, Packers. Two NFC North rivals played back in, what was it, week one? Vikings obviously came away with a fairly solid victory there. The infamous first pass to Christian Watson that literally could have been a touchdown and ultimately ended up in a drop. The Packers have a lot of injuries coming into this game here, and that does concern me a bit, but it feels like this Packers team 
is built to bring it to this Vikings team. The Vikings have been squeaking away victories all season long. They now hold a record 11 victories by a possession in a season. The game with the Packers earlier in the year, minus a few mistakes here and there, could have been a lot closer than the score actually showed. And I'm really curious to this day how that game goes if Christian Watson makes that initial throw, that that very first pass that came his way. I'm not saying that this is a guarantee. The Vikings are 4-2 and two in away games right now. Packers are only 4-3 and three at home. Positive record, good, but not, not by any means a dominant team at home. The Packers have everything to play for here. Whereas the Vikings, I mean, realistically, the game doesn't matter too much to them. They're in the playoffs. They've won the North at this point. You're just trying to figure out, can you catch the Eagles? And I don't really know if you can. It's more seeding than anything else at this point. I'm going to go with a Packers upset here. Being in Lambeau, the defense in Green Bay has been really solid. Their strength is defending the pass. They're the third best passing defense in the NFL in terms of yards per game. Obviously, the Vikings, they they live and die on their passing game. I'm going to go with the Packers winning this game. I have them winning 28-27. to 27. I feel like this is the right time where the Packers offense has kind of figured itself out a bit. You're going up against a suspect Vikings defense that has not necessarily been the best this year, and a lot of people keep pointing out their lack of, you know, their just lack of ability to close out games where it feels like you're putting yourself in such a tough spot. And they have closed out some games. I, that's not me, but I have definitely heard the conversation. I think the Packers get an upset victory here. This is one where, yeah, maybe it's the Vikings and, you know, this is their, you know, maybe it ends up being their 12th game of the season where they win by a possession and, you know, it's it's them 28-27. But something's in the air. It's in Lambeau. They're not indoors. I know that, you know, you say what you want about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers this season and none of the last few years or whatever in Lambeau. Something, I have a feeling, some sort of feeling. Packers 28-27. Excited to see this game play out because this is one that I, I will have an extra, an extra, an extra eye on, I would say. Now, the Battle of LA, we're looking at the Chargers and Rams. Chargers sitting at nine and six. Rams coming off of an absolute steamrolling of the Denver Broncos. The biggest thing here, realistically, it just boils down to like continuity. And also, I don't know if, listen, I understand that Baker Mayfield has looked pretty good so far this season, but, or not this season, in his time, rather, excuse me with his time at at LA on the Rams. He's looked solid, had a good game last week. You beat down on a really down and out Broncos team. You're going up against a Chargers team. They're in the playoffs. And this is a battle for home field. Essentially, both teams play here. The Chargers, uh, what is it? They, they, They pay like a dollar to rent the stadium or something like that, but they call it their house. Rams call it Rams house. The Chargers kind of need this victory, not because of seeding or anything like that, but more so because you need to 
find yourself on a hot streak heading into the playoffs with how good some of the top teams in the AFC are. So this game really matters more to the Chargers than it does the Rams. And honestly, I have a hard time buying the Rams right now for many more vic- for you know another victory this week or next week. I like the Chargers. This is more of a gut feeling than anything else. I didn't really dive into this game too too much when I was looking at it. I mean the and on top of that, I mean the Chargers are great when it comes to throwing the football. Third best passing attack in the league. Rams are twenty second when it comes to defending the pass. Feels like a game where the Chargers could have their way as long as things go their way. So give me the Chargers. I think a solid win, 26-17, something like that. I think they can win by about nine or so. Um, and minus six and a half doesn't seem too crazy to me. I think the Chargers could be like a touchdown better than the Rams. So pretty solid bet right there if you really like the Chargers as the winners. Now, I'm really curious how this next game goes out because we're looking at the Steelers and the Ravens here. And for this game, I... My thought process is that Lamar Jackson gets to play here. I don't know what his status is at this moment of me recording. Things could change between now and the time I upload this video. It tends to happen fairly often because of when I do the recording for this and when it gets uploaded. But the Ravens have been a really good team all season long. But then you have Mike Tomlin, who's coaching his ass off, to make sure that he does not have a losing record come season end. Something in the back of my head is screaming a tie for this game. And it's because the Steelers will tie this game and then win next week. And just and, and there you go. You avoid the losing record. Now, obviously not very likely. I just don't really know whether Lamar Jackson's playing or not. And that really kind of sways how I feel about these two teams and the way this game goes. I really like the Ravens in this game. I think it's going to be a lower scoring one. The over-under sitting at 35, and I completely agree with something along those lines. I think it's definitely going to be a low scoring affair. You have a Steelers offense that's not really putting up a ton of points. They're averaging about 17 and a half a game. They're the 29th team in terms of scoring in the NFL. Ravens right now, they're ranked at 15th overall, but since Lamar Jackson has been out, it's been below that. So definitely not the 21 and a half or so that they average on the season altogether. If Lamar Jackson's playing... I think that this is kind of a game in Baltimore, kind of a shoe-in for the Ravens. You definitely have to win this game, too, if you want to keep yourself feeling good going into the playoffs. So this is an important game for Baltimore, whereas the Steelers, they have playoff hopes that are still alive here. They could, in theory, sneak in if a lot of dominoes fell their way. But if Lamar Jackson's playing, I think that the Ravens can overwhelm the Steelers' offense enough that if the game ends up being 20-10, to give me the Ravens. A lot of uncertainty at the quarterback for Pittsburgh all year long. Ravens defense has been pretty good. If Lamar Jackson's in, I'm feeling the Ravens. If Lamar Jackson's not in, I still think the Ravens can get it done, uh, but I probably lose this pick. I, I, I don't know, but like I said, Mike Tomlin has done a hell of a job this year, and for this Steelers team to even be 7-8 and eight is, is ridiculous. It, it doesn't even feel like they're 7-8, and eight, but they are. Can't believe they are. Can't believe they are in this position. But at the same time, Mike Tomlin seems to know what he's doing over there in Pittsburgh. He's been around for a long time. And hats off to him for this Steelers team and the way that they've they've found themselves into this position to potentially get themselves to a better than 500 record. Pretty crazy if you ask me. But I do like the Ravens. Like I said, lower scoring game, 20 to 10. That's if, Lamar's Jack, if Lamar Jackson's playing. If not... I, I could see this game ending seven to ten to seven or something like that, and it'd be another ugly offensive game. But we'll see when this game 
comes together. I don't really know when Lamar Jackson will be announced as if he's playing or not. I'm hoping he's good enough and ready to go, but we'll see. And then our final game. The football gods have blessed us with a Monday night football game that is actually worth staying up and watching. And I'm so looking forward to it. I'll be honest with you guys. I typically don't stay up to watch Monday night football games. I go to bed, wake up in the morning, catch the condensed replay, run through it. That's how I watch those games. And I'm glad I've done that because I've gotten more sleep because of it. And I didn't hate myself for staying up for three and a half-ish hours of watching Dumpster Fire after Dumpster Fire. That was Monday Night Football for the majority of this year. Uh, so, an NFL Plus, shameless little plug there, I guess, for the league. That, that, was, that was how I rewatched the games. Fun time. Great to watch. It's awesome. What, like, I love football. Don't get me wrong. I love watching a full game. But getting to watch football in like 45 minutes or less is a blast. Because it's just go, 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 go. Like, I would... Like, the... The I want it now in me is just is so is so pleased watching a game just fly through in 40 some odd minutes. It's awesome. But we're looking at the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals, and I cannot be more excited for this game because this has a lot of AFC playoff implications on the line. I'm actually going to pull up the standings here because I want to make sure I'm, I'm on point about this when I talk about it. We're looking at the Bengals sitting at 11 and 4, they are 5 and 1 at home going up against the Buffalo Bills that are 12 and 3 and they are 6 and 2 when playing their away games. A lot of AFC playoff implications are going to be spun around this one game specifically. So, looking at the standings right now, we have the Bengals sitting at 11 and 4, they're the number 3 seed, then the Chiefs are at 12 and 3 and the Bills are at 12 and 3. If by some chance the Chiefs drop another game this week or next week, and the Bengals can come away with a victory in this game. They can steal the number one seed, which would be massive. That gives you the bye week, and that means you have home field advantage throughout so long as you're winning. There is so much riding on this game. I'm sure Buffalo is well aware. I'm sure Cincinnati is well aware. Both of these teams are great in terms of scoring. They both have really good defenses, and this is star quarterback versus star quarterback, primetime television. If you can sit there and confidently say you know who's going to come out the victor in this game, I don't believe you, but... The Bengals have been on somewhat of like a of like a beater of the world's kind of tear where I feel like people still don't quite believe in them that people look at last year as kind of like a whole fluke, but the Bengals are red hot and they have taken names this season and they've already beat the chiefs. You've beaten some of the other top teams in the NFL. You got to go in. This is in your house. Take down the bills wrangle them up, put them back in their pen, and then focus on Baltimore next week. I think Cincinnati has what it takes to win this game. This is going to be a fun one to watch. I think there's going to be a decent amount of scoring. There's going to be a maybe a turnover or two from either side. I definitely expect one by both team just because of, you know, how the solid play, the good the good units we have on defense on both sides of the ball. I think for my and for my pick on this one here, 
I've been rolling this one around in my head pretty much all week. This has been, I've, if there's a game that I've thought about a lot this week, it's been this one. I'm going to take, and I took them against the Chiefs, and that could be either one of these two teams. I did pick both of these teams to beat the Chiefs, and they both did. I'm going to take Cincinnati to win this game. I feel like you're coming off of a less than stellar performance in the second half of that Patriots game, and there's going to be a little bit of a chip that you're going to ha- want or you're going to have coming in this game if you're Cincinnati. Buffalo on the other hand, they're kind of like, you know, the darling of the NFL. A lot of people love the Bills, the Super Bowl pick. The Bengals are underdogs at home. Plus one underdogs. Give me the plus one. I like Cincinnati. I think they get the upset victory at home. Upset victory, though, at home. 38, or 30, excuse me, to 28. And they set their sights on potentially locking up the number one seed. Again, they need some help. KC has to drop another game, either this week or next week. We've got to drop a game somewhere. But Cincinnati can at least control this and lock up the number two seed with a victory. You got to start there and then hope for the best with KC. But those are my picks for the week. Love to hear what you guys think in the comment section down below. Are you as excited as I am for the NFL playoffs? I'm really looking forward to it. I hope you are as well. That is it for me. Catch you all in the next video. Again, I appreciate you all as always. Thanks for watching. Have a good one.